Welcome to episode 117 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Batman Arkham Origins. If you want to check out all things Left Behind Game Club, you can check them out at leftbehindgame.club on the internet, at Left Behind Club on Twitter, and at Left Behind Game Club on Instagram. If you like the show, send it to a friend and consider a review on your podcasting platform of choice. Without further ado, let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Momertati. I am the Batman. Hey guys, let's go. Here to talk about Batman Arkham Origins, we have two very special guests. The first I'd love to introduce is Luke Lewis, the host of the Lukewarm Games podcast. Luke, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for having me. Very happy to be here. Yeah, we are so... We are so excited to have you on the show today. I'm going to ask you about yourself in a hot second after we introduce our second special guest, uh, Kyle Stevenson, the host of the Trophy Room podcast and co-founder at 6-1 Indie. Kyle, also welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I love Batman, so I'm excited. And we love you and your work. So why don't we start with Luke? Luke, tell us about the Lukewarm's game, the Lukewarm Games podcast, and what you do. For sure. Um, so the Lukewarm Games podcast is a podcast that my girlfriend and Claire and I started about a year ago. Um, we are thirty six episodes in. It's a weekly games podcast where we cover a little bit of everything. We do reviews, spoiler casts, um, general news discussion uh, a big thing we're launching this year is an initiative to do long-form interviews with people working in the games industry so we have some really exciting guests coming on in the next couple months that i'll be teasing um but yeah so just a, a space for positivity and games coverage and trying to do something a little different within the space too yeah and that's what i love about the, the show is you guys just have very chill open conversations about games in a very positive light so if you want more podcasts like this podcast consider checking out the lukewarm games podcast luke we're so happy to have you uh kyle been a fan of your work for a long time we're very excited to have you on uh tell us about yourself uh yeah my name's kyle i uh do a weekly playstation show called the trophy room ps trophy room on twitter where we talk about the latest and greatest in all things playstation we're over 200 episodes long recently we just saw that over a hundred thousand downloads total which is bonkers shuhei yoshida follows us on twitter which is insane um and then if you are not a fan of playstation which frankly might not be your jam uh I co-founded Six One Indie, where it's all about um, raising the voices of indie games and the developers behind them, uh, because indie games are the lifeblood of video games, and without them, this space would be a lot more boring. So Six uh, One Indie dot com and Six One Indie and Twitch TV slash Six One Indie is where you'll find all that stuff. Again, much like Luke, if you enjoy this podcast, you like uplifting, positive conversations about games. Kyle is another one with some great content to check out. So, Kyle, thank you as well for coming on the show today. Of course. Let's get into it and talk about Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, This one was developed by WB Montreal and published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Originally, oh my God, originally released on October 25th, 2013, available on Windows, PlayStation 3, Wii U, and Xbox 360. We start the show like we start every one of our shows by giving our fast pitch on the game, which is a one sentence pitch on this video game. 
Um, who wants to start by giving a one-sentence pitch of Batman Arkham Origins? I can go. Yeah, go for it. I wrote mine down to be to be prepared, so this is mine. Oh dang! Yep, yep. That's <laughs> should done that. Um, so mine goes something like this: "Twas the night before Christmas, Batman embarked on an action-packed adventure taking place before before the events of the Arkham trilogy." That was uh, man, and you started with "Twas the night before Christmas." I don't know how we can top I had that. Had to set the tone, Moment of, you know. <laughs> tone set, Mo. Can you top that? I like it, it. It won't be topped at all. But I was initially going to be like, "It's the origin of Bat," and I was like, "Damn, that's a title." <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, "So I figured I was like, let's make it a little bit more unique." So, how how did Batman catch Joker? You'll find out in this game because it's essentially the prequel to Arkham Asylum. And it starts off with you walking in Joker into the prison. So, how did that happen? That's how you origins is how it happens. Kyle, what do you got? A rookie batman still trying to find out how to handle his business while also showing off why joker is so crazy yes that i don't know how i'm gonna keep going i have to give the fourth one here um third person brawling exploration game exploring the i said origins the origins of of bruce wayne and batman can't get away from that word, but uh, there you go. There are four great pitches on this game. Uh, before we dive in and talk about it, I want to ask y'all, what's your personal history with this one and with the Arkham series as a whole? Uh, Kyle, why don't you jump in first and, and let us know? Yeah, the Arkham series and Batman in general are some of my favorite things ever. Um, Batman as a character, I've always been drawn to. Uh, not even just like in the comics side of things. I'm still kind of new to that game, but... Everything from uh, the animated series to the movies to obviously these games, I am drawn to because of not only Batman but his rogues gallery. I think his villains are are second to none in my opinion. And Arkham series and Arkham Origins it does a great job of highlighting all the different villains and making them feel different enough and unique. And that's why I love these games. It's it's less like Bruce Wayne Batman stuff. It's more seeing all the how many different foes batman has to handle at one specific time it's insane mo is is your background kind of similar with batman oh, yeah i'm very very similar a childhood favorite superhero was batman um playing the arkham asylum games the arkham uh city games all of that i've gotten to the point now if steam says hey there's a new batman in the arkham series out, i just buy i don't need to know what the name <laughs> is i don't need to know who's in it it's it's gonna be great because i've had such good experiences with it so uh, I think it was the, I don't know which order I played all of them, but I've played them all, so I'm, I think I I know a little bit about the the series now. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in a, in a similar boat to to Kyle, where I was a huge fan of Batman the animated series. I think the Nolan trilogy is like, is amazing filmmaking. If I can put my <laughs> my film degree hat, I don't have a film degree, but like a film degree hat on. Uh, I've played all the Arkham uh, trilogy, the original trilogy. I've never played this one. Not because I like wasn't super into it. It's just like prequel made by a different team. I was a little skeptical. So I'm excited to jump into this today. But much like you, Kyle, like the Rose Gallery of, of villains is always. And even how in the animated series and in the Arkham series, they bring like the tertiary and the secondary villains to life. Like that's what I really love. Like mm-hmm. Firefly is a very interesting character that like yeah. 
burn victim that loves to like burn things down. Like there's yeah. there's more to it than that. But and even like the kooky like Mad Hatter in yeah. this one, I think is one of my favorites in this mm-hmm. game, just because he that is on paper a really silly villain, just somebody obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. But that side mission, which we'll get into probably later, is one of I think the best ones, just because of how insane it is and how insane he is. Like it's great. Um, Luke, you jumped in and kind of shared your, your love too. Is that, do you love this series as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Arkham games are some of my favorite games of all time, especially Arkham Asylum. Um, I grew up a huge Batman fan at a young age. My uncle introduced me to video games and comics kind of around the same time. So I was always really hungry for any superhero game. Um, and we didn't really get a truly great one, I feel like, until the Rocksteady Arkham games. Um, I somehow missed this one when it came out. Once again, similar to you, Jacob, not really by choice, just kind of happened that way. So I was really glad to get to check it out um, for the sake of the show. And I, I think it's really fair that we just, before we dive in deep, to explain that like Rocksteady is the studio that made the kind of Arkham trilogy, if you mm-hmm. will, Asylum, City, and then Night. And this game was developed by a new team at WB Montreal. And that is the team that's going to be working on the Gotham Knights game that is coming out in 2021. Uh, so I don't want to give my like big thoughts now, but like I think this game is a, is a small step down from what, what Rocksteady typically does. But I think it's still like a, a great Batman Arkham game nonetheless. Uh, before we dive, go ahead, Mo. Uh, is this so? I, I just because I wasn't paying attention in the credits, uh, Kevin Conroy and M- Mark Hamill are not the voice actors in this game, right? Correct. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what this I kind game, of was hearing, but I didn't like check back and forth, and I've been meaning to do that. Yeah, this game is uh, uh, is voiced. Troy Baker voices the Joker, which Troy Baker I think is the only person that has done voices for both Batman and the Joker. Cause he, I, I forget where he did the Joker, uh, the, the Batman, but I think, I think he did it in like Lego one of the Batman, anim- the games, mm-hmm. I believe. And maybe other th- like iterations of that, but something like that. I believe he's also, isn't he also two face in like the Rocksteady Arkham games? That, that sounds correct Two-Face. too. I think you're right on that one. I'd have to double check the cast yeah, list. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Google. Yeah, you are correct that he plays uh, in some of the direct-to-video movies. He plays Joker and Two Face, so and Batman is Arkham talented. City. Oh, okay. And in Arkham City, dang, yeah. he gets around. <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, the voice of uh, Batman in this one is oh, why can't I remember? Uh, it's not Robert. It's not Dawkins. Who is it? Um. I don't know. Oh, Roger Craig Smith. Oh. Yeah, Roger Craig Smith oh, plays the Batman go. in this one. He's the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog until recently. He's Mirage in Apex Legends. Oh. So also a very prominent voice actor. Nice. Uh, um, before we jump in and, and go deep, um, how did y'all play this? Uh, I played it on, a, I bought a 360 copy that I had from way back in the day, ripped it open for the first time, played it in my Xbox One, Weirdly, and Luke, I think you had something similar. This game isn't available on Xbox Digital, weirdly enough. No, um, I was having trouble tracking down a physical copy. I played it on uh, my Xbox One X 
um, and I was able to find the 360 version at a local mom and pop shop used. Um, but yeah, you can't buy it digitally. You can still download the DLC, which I found kind of strange that they don't give you the option to buy the game. Um, maybe there's some licensing agreement that like timed out or something along those lines, but it's kind of hard to find now if you do want to play it on Xbox at least. Uh, Kyle, did you have a similar issue or did you were you able to find it pretty easily? Uh, so I own it on Steam, but I didn't play it on my PC. The Magical Land of PS Now is where Ooh. I played it. It, it. It's it's one of those hidden things on the PlayStation Now service, and for the most part, it ran pretty smooth. It didn't have all the DLC. Uh, it's just the base game without the multiplayer component because that those lobbies are long closed. Um, but yeah, that's where I played it, and it was pretty smooth. And uh-huh. did you play it like on a PC on a phone? Like what was the I played device? it on my PS Five. Oh, I got it. Yes, on PS5 through PlayStation yep. Now. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Uh, and then, Mo, did you play it on PC? Yeah, I have it on Steam. I have all the Batman games, actually, on Steam. Um, and that, But coincidentally, Arkham uh, Origins is the only one I actually played on PC. The other ones are just sitting there in my library just to never see the light of day ever because I already played them. <laughs> I don't know how y'all feel, but I definitely want to play Asylum after playing this. But why don't we just yeah. Yeah, dive in and, yeah, and kind of set the scene? What is Arkham Origins? How does it how does it start? Oh man. Well, like Luke said, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh Christmas in Gotham is a really cool setting and um it showcases uh Black Mask hiring hitmans to or these these villains that we know in the Batman universe to kill the Batman for I believe it's fifty million dollars. Let me look at the poster. Yeah, $50 million, because I got the collections edition back in the day. Oh, you have the like poster little... up. Yeah, I have it up on the side of my TV. Nice. Oh. Um, as, you, as you can probably tell, these are like custom Arkham posters from the games right over here. It's like Arkham City, Arkham Knight, and then closer by is uh, Ar- Asylum. Cool. Um, so yeah. you don't like the games at all is what you're saying? No, I hate it. It's the <laughs> worst thing I've ever played. <laughs> Yeah, so it's basically Black Mask who hiring um, these uh, rogues to go after Batman to kill him for fifty million bucks. Mercenaries. In the group is like Deathstroke, Electrocutioner, Black Mask, as you said, and those are the villains in this one. uh, A a true rogues gallery, as we said. If someone's never played an an Arkham game, um, what what should they come to expect? Like, what's what's the core of that series? I think the thing that draws me to like the Batman games, I think started with Arkham Asylum and it's just like the team, the group fighting mechanics and the combinations you can eventually learn and how easy it is to pick up like the fighting mechanics. The counter on, on, on the, the villains is something I enjoy thoroughly. I've actually played a little bit of uh, Origins a second time um, just to see like the, the, the mode where you get to use your weapons, like the electrical gauntlets. And it's, it still holds up. Like the mechanics are buttery smooth, and I feel like they've kind of leaked their way into other games where like group fighting was something that Batman kind of made did really well, and other people are taking notice and implementing it in their games. Yeah, I, th- I think traversal is probably another big thing. Uh, maybe not so much in like the first game, Arkham Asylum, but in uh, this game, Arkham City and Arkham Knight, like using Batman to glide and dive and kind of, he doesn't fly, but he glides 
across like large landscapes with your your grappling hook as well is kind of if fighting is is one core component um traversal over a a map is um another main component i think with this game it is definitely not the largest in scope like compared to like asylum is is a very contained map that is very rich and very dense night is is nuts the amount of space that you can traverse city is between because it was the first time that there was like an open, open map world. that you could explore this one i think is kind of like closer to city maybe a little bit smaller i don't i don't know there there didn't seem to be like there was maybe i think four main areas mm-hmm. which seemed a little smaller than some of the other games yeah that's something like i remember when i first played it when it came out and being like in love with this huge open world and now playing it years later it is way smaller than i thought it was like when you would open the map and place a pinpoint and follow that you get there way sooner than i would expect to mm-hmm. um and especially like with doing like some like the riddler stuff and like the little collectibles here and there like you can really zip to each point very quickly um which again it's yeah like you said jacob it's like in the middle of like an asylum and city which is weird because it came after city so yeah, yeah i think i think it was literally like hey we hit a home run can we just like put random assets we didn't use in like asylum and city and like sell it and they're like yeah let's do it and yeah. we as like consumers were like yes give it to us give us all yeah. the extra <laughs> stuff you didn't want to put out in a game that's uh, yeah Oh no! It's the re- and also the reason why I say that is like if you look at like the list of like the mercenaries, yes, you have to choose like villains that are not like masterminds that are gonna come after like Batman. They have to be like assassin style ones. But it almost looked like a very watered down Batman like super villain list. Like if I showed those uh, villains to the average person that like kind of knows a little bit about Batman, they won't really recognize anything. You know the Joker, you know the Riddler, you know Two Face. And everything penguin and then other ones just kind of slowly drift away so you can kind of tell it might have been like the super villain cast that's left over that maybe wasn't applied as much in the other games i would i would put bane in that list yeah too, yeah who's part of this one yeah and i think can we go into a little bit more about the characters you want to yeah totally I, yeah. I was actually going to bring that up and uh we got a question from at adam gumby on twitter and uh, they asked uh, which boss fight was your favorite. So I think that we can we can talk about there too. Yeah, sure. let it rip yeah. about your favorite characters. Yeah, so I actually really dig Bane in this one. Less from like the boss fight thing at the end. Um, but I love how everything that I've known of Bane, since this is like, again, Batman's origin story pretty much in the Arkham verse. Um, Bane is just this big brute who's gonna just beat the crap out of batman right there's uh he's not the smartest tool in the shed or sharpest tool in the shed so seeing him figure out not only batman's tricks and whatever and how to lure him in and outsmart him but like in this game full spoilers spoiler alert he figured out that bruce wayne is batman and the only reason why he can't act on that is because he used the Venom toxin too much and it messed with his permanent memory. Like, that is one of my favorite story beats of any <laughs> Arkham Batman thing ever. I love that about this game. It's it's so artistic when they add, like, just simple things. It's like, hey, that works. That, that, yeah. that kind of works. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll, I'll go with it. It's not like a stretch. <laughs> yeah, because there are versions of the Bane character that like if he's like a south american assassin 
uh, he is incredibly intelligent until he uses the venom toxin. So I, I appreciate how they take this, twist it, make it their own, mm-hmm. and have that weird like he has a bad memory, but he's smart enough to figure out that you know Batman is Bruce Wayne. Like I, I adored that too, Kyle. Yeah, building off of that too, I thought it was really clever how the fact that they were able to play with our expectations a little bit, like the fact that we kind of know where the game ends up just based on having played the previous Arkham games, but little twists like that make it really exciting to like veterans of the series, I think. Yeah, t- totally. I-, I I adored some of the like boss battles aside, Kyle, that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I adored the portrayal of Bane. Uh, in this game, um, were there any other like characters, villains that really stood out to you? Um, I, I had. It's going to be a very simple one. Killer Croc. The reason being, with me with in Killer Croc, I, I really enjoy the way the Arkham series makes him like scary and like looking like a formidable foe. Because Batman's a big, beefy guy. He can take down most guys with punches and claw people down, outsmart things. But every time I see Killer Croc, I'm like, this is a reckless, loose cannon. Almost similar how like in the Spider-Man series, you always have to go against Rhino and he's just a brute. And it's like, how are you going to take this brute, massive freight train down it's the same thing when i see killer clock i'm like okay this is gonna be the first major challenge or it's gonna be a hurdle where i have to just outthink him because he's gonna be fast and strong i I like killer clock yeah i it's gonna be cliche but i really love the joker in this one i i really love still new to the scene uh, of the the bad guy world criminal underground of gotham in this game where they don't know who he is really the, the first time Batman sees him, like, who are you, pretty much? And I, I think seeing the descent down into the madness that Joker goes through in this one, where it's mu- very much like the Scarecrow stuff in Arkham City and Arkham Knight, where you get to, like, this otherworldly little stage, you're trying to avert the Scarecrow's gaze. But playing it on Joker's perspective and having Batman be this nightmare creature... And just being obsessed over that is amazing to me. And after playing this, and even though this is like tangentially tied to the Arkham Rocksteady games, just I, I think makes those three games even stronger because of that little seeing that descent happen in real time. And Joker being a mainstay in Gotham is instantly tied to Batman from day one. Uh, I'm going to ask a follow-up question that came in from Alec Bobco. Alec asks, how do you feel about the way Joker was portrayed in this game versus Asylum in City? So I think he's specifically calling out Baker's performance versus, um, uh, why can't I remember his name? Mark Skywalker. Yeah. Mark Hamill's, Mark Hamill, thank you. Mark Hamill's performance. Jacob, if you disrespect Mark <laughs> Hamill again by forgetting his name. he so Long day, long day. No, no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Like, Okay, first of all, I think Mark Hamill's pinnacle performance is Joker in, like, the Arkham series and, like, the animated series. For me, when I hear that, like, wound-up, insane Joker voice in my head, I I hear Mark Hamill. And, like, I will every time I see another Joker, that's what I compare it to all the time because I think his performance epitomizes what Joker is. Insane, calculated, loose cannon, and, like, just maniacal and how do you convey that in just voice acting he does it he becomes it and it's spot on so to compare troy baker great job great job 
the back of my head, I'm still like I'm waiting for that like a little bit of lunacy and that extraness that Mark Hamill brings. But that's not a knock on Troy, in my opinion, in this game. He's still, be, he was still a great Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, but end of the day, back of my head, as like that true Ultra fan, it's like ah oh, man, I just need that insanity. Yeah, I think I agree with Mo as well. I think Mark Hamill will always be my Joker growing up with Batman the Animated Series. But I will say, if you did like a blindfold audio-only test, I don't know if I could tell the difference in some parts. Um, There's like a little bit of nuance and like Mo said, the going over the top with it. But I definitely think there's moments where it's like, wow, that's really spot on by Troy Baker. And I was really impressed with his performance overall. I think it's very tough to beat Mark Hamill because Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, in my mind, are like my Batman and Joker, not, you know, any of the film actors that did it. And what I really appreciate is how, like, some some depictions of Joker, they take it in a new direction. Like, I think Kevin Michael Richardson's depiction of Batman in the The Batman animated series was interesting just because it was such a different voice. He had voiced, like, Clayface and some other stuff. Um, but I think Troy Baker, like, goes for the Hamill stuff and, like, 97% nails it. And sometimes you hear that it's a little different, but no, I, I had nothing but, but good things to say. It is so hard to beat Hamill, but like he, he comes really close. Um, was, was there any other villains that you want to talk about? I think the electrocutioner from my, from my perspective was, um, dumb, fun, and interesting (laughs) because I don't think it's a villain that I've ever seen in any other piece of media from the Batman. So that was cool to see. But were there any others that y'all want to talk about before we dive deeper? Yeah, I'd love to give a shout out to Deathstroke when we mentioned favorite boss fights of the game. I thought his fight was my favorite, I think, by far. And I was surprised that they threw it out so early in the game because leading up to it, that's the one that I'd heard the most like buzz about. So I was excited to see the payoff. But I thought of all the boss fights, it was the most like thinking man's boss fight and there was a little more to it um than just like countering and punching and dodging like you had multiple components going on and visually it was really impressive and i thought deathstroke as a character i was just really intrigued by like his backstory and his like level of intelligence but and his fighting style but yeah yeah i i really dug um copperhead Mm. as well Uh, i i think not knowing much of the the comic background, um, having her just be so sneaky, very snake like. I mean, in her name, it's Copperhead, but that whole sequence of her basically saying like, "What did you?" Batman asking her, "What did you do to me?" And she goes, "Oh, you're already dead. I killed you." Just it's gonna be like in a few minutes. It's everything you exert is going to take down your how long it's going to take for you to finally to succumb to the venom. I thought that was awesome. Um, so shout out to that one. And like you, Jacob, the electrocutioner, just how stupid and funny, like the first time I played that boss fight, I'm like, I'm gearing up for this fight, wondering how to deal with the electricity. Just one punch. And he's done. <laughs> I love it. And you get one of the best tools that uh, I know I used a lot in the game. Yeah. Uh, so tons of gadgets in this one, like any Batman game. I would probably say that the gauntlets that you receive from the Electrocutioner are, like, my favorite that I used in combat. 
But like, did y'all have a specific strategy that you used? Imagine that we've talked a little bit of a fighting system. You're surrounded by 10, 15 different thugs, have bats, have knives, have stun batons. I know the stuff that I usually went to, but like, did y'all have like a couple gadgets that you always went to when you were fighting? I, I need to know. Um, my way I play Batman now, regardless of games, is like clear the upper level. If there's snipers, if there's anyone looking down, clear that. And then I drop down and just start swinging fists, getting <laughs> combos and unlocking the electrical punches. Because it's like I thoroughly enjoy the countering, the sequencing, and I wait for that last final slow motion shot every single time. And I'll just keep me preoccupied for the whole fight. So I think the gauntlets were my most used, but... I, I'm very boring almost when I play this game sometimes. I can spend like an hour and almost all fights are like land there and just fists of fury, taking every single person down. Yeah, likewise. I don't really use a whole lot of gadgets in the fist fights. Um, I'm very much just relying on the countering. I, I Looking around the map and seeing those enemies that are about to like throw something at Batman and targeting them first, or the if I hear the sounds of someone picking up a gun and yeah. and reloading it, I know to look around and go after them mm-hmm. first. Um, the only time, and then of course, like the gauntlets prove valuable when you're surrounded by uh, shield enemies yes. and the big guys. Like you don't have to worry about stunning them with the cape anymore. It's they can, you just punch them with electricity gauntlets. But when it came to, like, the stealth stuff is when I used, like, the glue gun, the exploding gel, and uh, the smoke pellets, and batarangs, and all that kind of stuff. That's where I felt like it helped me the most. In combat, it's very much just, like, wait for those double counters, and you always feel <laughs> so yep. good when you, you hit that button twice, and you take out two enemies at once. It feels phenomenal. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat as Kyle and Mo, um, I mostly stuck to the gauntlets and just went to town. Um, I would do a fair bit of the grappling hook. If I saw like an enemy in the distance of the crowd with a gun and then you'd shoot the grappling hook, pull the gun away and then keep the combo going. Um, I, towards the late game, I upgraded the glue bomb and I started to use that a little bit, but, um, that was kind of the ones I stuck to in terms of like, main combat encounters is it the glue I bomb really... thing oh sorry Jacob. no no go mo uh the glue gun uh, bomb upgrade did you get the one where like you can do the roll and drop it at the same time no by any chance cool oh. <laughs> so i think it's in my second playthrough um i once you have all the like the upgrades you can kind of you have a lot of resources to mm-hmm. max out everything uh, and there was one mechanism where, like, as you're rolling and dodging, you drop, like, the glue, and it's kind of in that one place. So if there's a group of people walking towards you, you just double-click the oh. the bomb button, and it kind of stuns That them. sounds cool. Yeah. I kind of played the game backwards in that I did a lot of the side quest content after I beat the game, so I probably could have unlocked a lot more upgrades while I was playing the main story if I had, like, sprinkled it out throughout. But I was so into the story that I kept just going from side mission, or main mission to main mission 
Yeah, I I loved the the quick firing like mechanisms that you could like without that obviously it'd be impossible to use any of the any of the tools in combat. But like I got really good at like okay I'm gonna double tap right and it's gonna throw a glue bomb in combat. I'm gonna double tap left it's gonna throw batarangs. I'm gonna like left trigger Y to like pull someone towards me and clothesline them. I'm gonna use the left trigger and X button to drop an explosive gel on the ground like. That came very late game for me, but as those fights get more difficult, because there is a steep ramp, like when you get to the the prison, uh, like the prison fights in the end, when you're surrounded literally by like 30 dudes that you have to destroy without that, I wouldn't have been able to beat it. And I don't know if it's because like my timing wasn't perfect and I couldn't always keep the combo going, but without my tools that I was using, like I was toast. Yeah, and I, I think something that I wish this game did a lot more for, like, newcomers to uh, Rocksteady games are the – or Arkham games. Um, shouting out, the, like, the special combo finishers. Because as I was replaying it this time, I don't think I saw that tutorial saying, like, once you hit a certain threshold, you can hit square and X and do this special takedown maneuver on somebody and instantly take them out. That's something that – I think I just take for granted as like an Arkham veteran. And it took me like maybe halfway through to realize, wait a second, there's this whole thing that I used to do in city and night to like speed up the fights and take out these guys faster. Why haven't I been using them? And then when I figured out like how to get up to that level and how many you can store, I think you can store up to two if, if you're unlocking some skills. Um, that made things much easier but those are great tools to use that aren't really gadgets but they're good combat maneuvers to help big fights like those prison ones at the end because they are a lot yeah you you made a a a great point there um i don't think there was a tutorial they don't hold your hand Mm -hmm. they kind of expect you to go into like the training modes and like try out some of the tools to like beat get three star challenges but mo you're like making you're doing symbols with your hands like imagine if this was your first arkham game because if this is like if you're going to play them in order this would be the first one you'd play and like it doesn't help you at all i really hope that the community kind of emphasizes play asylum first (laughs) or even play city if you don't have asylum um and maybe you can fill the gaps in the storyline but yeah you're right jacob and we're also in the arkham knight series they had those like vr simulation sections where you can learn the mechanics learn combos instead of having to upgrade them and just read like a three sentence hey press x and y to do this this and this and then you sometimes you can't even figure out in what situation is this good and you need that hands-on like let me let me do the ground punch or whatever it might be the the stun or the the, the batarang on like six guys at once like it, mm-hmm. a tutorial goes a long way uh, to explain like how to, how these mechanics work and it'll make a new player's life a lot better yeah and I, I don't think the tutorial was zero but it was definitely not like did not help you with advanced mechanic what's whatsoever um we talked about the weapons we talked a little bit about the enemies i think one thing that we haven't really dove into is the stealth sequences like the predator sequences uh, Kyle, I see you nodding hard. Um, if you had to explain what these are to a newcomer, like how would you explain this really core fun part of the game? Yeah, so like most um, most like action games who have a bit of stealth in them, uh, you come upon these rooms that are very big and have perches, so you know you're going to stealth mode. And uh, Batman is everything 
including stealth and that's how he takes out most of his enemies in the comics and the lore of batman so you're in this giant room where you have breakable walls that you can put explosive uh gel on to explode to knock enemies out if it's strong enough um you can wait for them to walk underneath your perch and silently take them out and then string them up and let them hang um there are these cool things later where the enemies will have like a signal jammer, which will jam Batman's detective vision. Um, which is another cool thing about Batman. These Arkham games are the detective modes, like figuring out the crime scene stuff where you can see through walls and see the skeletons of the enemies. And if they're armed and how many are left and, um, those you really don't want to rush. Uh, because if you rush it, you're going to get shot and then you're going to have to redo it all over again. And for me, the Predator sequences are not my favorite. I hate stealth games. I'm real bad at stealth games. So for me to be patient when I'm Batman and I just want to punch them in the face and, and take these villains out, um, it really slowed it down for me. And that's true for all the Arkham games. It's just not my favorite thing, but you do feel cool if you can do it without getting spotted. But that's a very rewarding feeling if you can clear a whole room out without getting spotted. For sure. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy when like the mission will start off and you're in those giant high up rooms and you're just sitting on a perch. For me, mm-hmm. I play I play Batman sometimes boring and like I'll play several like missions the same way. So in those situations, I would just wait until someone got underneath me and perch, uh, perch grab them. And then as they're up there, one thing that you can do too is if you jump to another perch, you can throw your batarang um, and t- like drop them down they're still knocked out but now you have the perches reusable to get another person um, and I've slow rolled a lot of levels in Batman where like I'm like no one is going to see me I'm going to take everyone out silently and at the end some super villain is going to be angry and yell at his minions and it's going to be awesome <laughs> like he's one guy how could you not get him it's because I am the Batman <laughs> my favorite type of stealth game is a stealth game that like doesn't punish you if you decide to like change it up midway so like mo you and i played splinter cell conviction together i think that is like to me the model of like you start stealth and if you have to go and like change your tactic you can do that and i feel with batman as you said kyle like you can't rush in after a guy with a gun because you will get murdered every single time but like let's say you get two-thirds through the encounter and there's two or three guys left and you decide to get a little bit more testy a little more fighty like you sometimes can get away with it so um, I appreciate that dynamic in the stealth. What a, while you're in these predator rooms, something that I really, really love um, is as you're taking them out, you're hearing the other people in the room get more and more frantic and more and more scared, which is a small little detail that they didn't really have to add. But by doing it, it makes you feel even more powerful as Batman clearing out this room in a stealthy way. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the stealth sequences of this game, and going off of what you just said, Kyle, I love how, like, when you knock somebody out, the guards will come investigate the body, and that turns into its own encounter, and my favorite thing to do was, um, like, perch on the gargoyle, like Mo was talking about, do an inverted takedown on a guy, string him up onto the gargoyle, and then zip across the room and wait until they came to investigate, and then throw the batarang so the rope gets cut and then the body falls on them and they freak out and just to see (gasps) play around with those systems and see how the npcs react i think works really well in this game and sometimes stealth games can be kind of weird and 
off-putting in the way that the NPCs react to how the player chooses to approach the scenarios, but I think this one handles it quite well. This series does a really good job of, like, almost convincing you that you are the bad guy. Right. Like, that heart rate monitor thing when you're in those, like, rooms that, that you're bringing up is, like, it, it's so unnecessary, but, like, it, it's like, oh, my God, I'm bringing fear to these bad guys, which is, like, Batman's mission statement. And you're, like, you're literally following it, and you can see them freaking out, their heart rates beeping up. It's it's so cool. Yeah, and, and later on when they're, like, they're more keen to what you're doing so they'll take out the perches so then you right. have to go yeah and like oh i'm going to maneuver through the the grates in the ground and you kind of have to and adapt. then if they see someone yeah they'll be looking in the grates and then all right there's another thing gone so what am i going to do i'm going to hide around the corners and take them out silently drop smoke bombs move around the room like i i love the 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 games are making you forced to adapt to the situations and that is Batman. You have to adapt to what's going on. So, like, on a thematic level, they just nail it. Yeah, and, and beyond that, I'm sure each of us, like, despite having a similar set of tactics for the fighting, I'm sure for these Predator sequences, we had very different ways of going about it. For me, I was someone who didn't rely a lot on gadgets. I would rely a lot on, like, okay, I'm going to dive down. I'm going to grab this guy. I'm going to knock him out. People are going to come around. There's going to be one straggler. I'm going to – like, for me, it was all about the physical takeouts or takedowns rather than, like, using my gadgets. And I'm sure some of you guys are like, such an idiot. I'm not using these gadgets. But I'm sure each of us had our different way. Yeah, and to be fair, like – Batman's gadgets are not all offensive. A lot of them are like breaking through like the security systems. Um, even like the glue, that's not really an I would say an offensive weapon. It's more of like a utility thing to open sections, but you can weaponize it by like blowing someone up near it. So like it's I feel like it's fine that you didn't use his toolkit as much because that's the best thing about Batman. He has a toolkit that you can either use or not. He is a trained ninja uh, with like super strength. I get like. So it's it's not like you, that, it's not like you're penalized at all in the game for going one way or the other. It's use this toolkit however you want, and you be your own version of Batman. Yeah, I, I wouldn't feel bad that you didn't use him, Jacob, but I will say that you're missing out on using the uh, the bat claw, the zipline thing, and connecting two enemies together and watching them be <laughs> sucked together and then they hit and they're not knocked out but just doing it over and over again or attaching a fire extinguisher to one of them and create like Ooh. a smoke area um where you can just go in and soundly take them out and then pop away they're like wait what and just leave one guy standing <laughs> like it's pretty cool but it's fine if you don't use gadgets you don't really need them no you you, you don't but uh so talked a little bit about that um I think what I'd love to jump into, if it's all right with y'all, is like where the story went, because I think that the game's story, at least for me, was like really slow starting. So I played this game over several weeks, and I found that like the first fifty percent, up basically up until the Joker reveal, like it was a little slow for me. But then once the Joker came in, it really picked up. I, I don't know if y'all felt the same way. Um, you mean like picked up like the. The story and the emotion and all that. The, the pace, the the interest, the intrigue. It's, jo like it's more Joker, that. I think. I think it is yeah. the Joker effect. Like, when you see him, all that backstory that you have from movies, TV shows, you're like, oh, Joker, here we go. So, And they probably do a lot of things to, like, amplify that with the music. I find, in video games in general, good 
like music in like specific situations could amplify a okay game to wow what am i experiencing right now it's it's an emotion adjuster so it, it probably is that joker in effect it probably is some other stylistic changes that like make you want to just keep playing this game yeah i i i think i can totally see where you're coming from where it is a little bit of a slower start um it does rely a little bit on like I don't want to call it a gimmick, but like the gimmick of it being Christmas Eve and be like a snowy Gotham and, and having all these people after you. I think for me where I really got invested in it um, are like the smaller things of seeing like the seeds that are planted for future things that happen in the series, like Jim Gordon and Barbara fighting and like Barbara really showing what she's all about and planting the seeds of her being Oracle and eventually Batgirl. Um, the, the stuff with like Joker being evaluated by Harleen Quinzel. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of my favorite sequences in this whole game. And some of the side character stuff, while not all of them hit, like I think Lady Shiva is not, that's very generic. That's pretty much just Raza Ghoul. Um, but like the Mad Hatter thing, I just love how crazy and deranged Jervis is. And that was such a cool sequence. Yeah. That, that is like the scarecrow mm-hmm. stuff from, uh, from Asylum and, and Night. Why don't uh, you guys dive into that? Cause that is something that uh, truthfully, like I didn't oh. play, like I didn't mm-hmm. play the Mad Hatter sequence. Mm. So y'all, y'all have talked about it twice. Yeah. So like, yeah, I need yeah. to know what made it special. Yeah, ahead, for Luke, sure. Um, so to give like a short condensed version, um, there's a lot of side quests scattered about the world where you encounter um, members of the rogues gallery in different capacities. And one of them is Mad Hatter is taken over this hat shop and he's holding a girl hostage and he's forcing her to dress up like Alice in Wonderland because he has this crazy obsession with Alice in Wonderland. And he forces Batman to go on this like crazy drug induced dream state world where you're in Alice in Wonderland. And so it's a really cool, it like Kyle was saying, it's very similar to the scarecrow levels in the Arkham trilogy, but you are platforming and using your gadgets to traverse through this Alice in Wonderland world, ultimately to rescue the girl and stop Mad Hatter. But visually it's one of like the coolest parts in the game, I think because it's just so different from anything else you see in the main story. Yeah, it it's there are like some things in that sequence where you're in a room and you see like Batman's reflection like in a mirror and out from that mirror comes enemies with like bunny masks on and uh it's very trippy and I just I just love when like Batman in itself he doesn't really have powers he's just a rich guy who knows kung fu and is a good detective but like when it gets to like the crazy stuff, like the psychedelic trip um, that Mad Hatter puts you through, it's a it's a really it's a fresh take on what Batman is going through and the the different types of villains that he takes. Also, shout out to Laura Bailey who is Alice. Oh, really? Did not oh, realize that was her. That's yeah. awesome. I <laughs> uh, so I think what you're saying is so I only played like some of the Black Mask side missions. And I tried some of the um, the anarchy side missions, which is mm-hmm. like defusing bombs. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is like you missed the good one. I would say so. Yeah, because <laughs> I've I finished off all of the most wanted 
missions earlier today, minus all of the like Riddler challenges. I didn't do everything, but um, I think the Mad Hatter was definitely the most like memorable one of those like mm-hmm. other side missions that you have the option to do. The one I, I will give a cool story mention to the one you do for commissioner Gordon. Um, he calls you after you complete all of the most wanted missions and asks you to round up all of these prisoners from Blackgate prison that have escaped. And that's kind of how Batman wins over the trust of commissioner Gordon that establishes their relationship going into the Arkham trilogy. So like Kyle was saying, seeing all these seeds planted that pay off later, that was another cool nod to fans of the series. And I, and I think the uh, the Deadshot one is pretty cool, yeah, too, just from... definitely. That is, like, full just, like, detective vision, just seeing just how good of a dead uh, shot Deadshot is and how far away he was and using the trajectories of bullets. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really cool. Not to jump too far ahead in the, in the chat, but uh, is this anyone's favorite Batman Arkham game? Uh, Jacob, is it yours? No, I, I would say... It's so tough, but I'd probably say Night, then Asylum, then City, then this one. The original trilogy, though, they're all good. Kyle, is this maybe your favorite game? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, I would probably go City first, then... Man, City, then Asylum, then Origins, and then Night maybe last. Luke? I think I would go City, Asylum, Night, and Origins at the bottom. Not because I think it's a bad game, but I just think from a technical perspective, the other ones are a lot stronger for me. Um, And just, I think the nostalgia I have for exploring City for the first time will always just hold a special place in my heart. Okay, that that, kind of... So we've been talking nothing but praise about like Batman Arkham Origins, but you can see like how great of a game it is that we're all gushing mm-hmm. about it, but it's not even our favorite yeah. game in the series. It's it's the yeah. one at the bottom. Mm-hmm. My list is the same as yours, Luke. Uh, it would go okay. City, and then it would go Asylum. And the only reason I have uh, Night Third is I just wasn't a huge fan of the car. I didn't care too much of the Batmobile. The, it looked the, cool. Batmobile yeah, doo doo. And it was just, it was so ingrained in like the game. You had to use it, it for a lot of things. And it's like, I don't want to. It just to. never felt like Batman. I liked driving it, but I never liked the fighting sequences where you're shooting in the yeah. Batmobile. It just. It felt like he was on ice too all the time. far removed. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. It's like, it's, yeah, at- there's so many good mechanics. This the, or, the Origin series kind of takes the best out of City and Asylum, kind of makes that, like, little bit of extra content for the people who are really like the game. But for, in terms of, like, a first player, I would say, like, Asylum and City are probably the ones you should go with, like, right away. And then this one, if you enjoyed those two, it's available. If not, you've already played great games, so you're not missing a little mm-hmm. bit too much. Um, All that I was going to just throw on there is that I think I put Knight so highly, like, agree, Batmobile doo-doo, but the story, like, the actual story of the Arkham Knight is, like, I think my favorite thing in the entire Arkham universe. It reminded me a lot of the, what's that animated, the animated Joker movie that came out, like, after the animated series was done, uh, Return Mm. of the Joker. Like, it, it, that story reminded me of, of, of Return of the Joker, so that, uh, the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, so that's probably why I liked it so much. But, I mean, we've all said it. These games are all great. And even though I think on all of our lists, our Origins is at near the bottom or at the bottom, 
it's still like a, a great game. Yeah, like I I think what Rocksteady has done and what WB Montreal did with this one, they set the bar for like licensed superhero yeah. games. And I, I think that's part of the reason why I love Insomniac Spider-Man because of like they that combat system is very mm-hmm. like and um, I, I think this is the gold bar for not just superhero movies but how game developers should make the blueprint for a licensed game make it all about the lore not just a silly tie-in story and just do c- cool nods to like weapons or whatever no like take it seriously do something new with it and run with it. That's part of the reason why I love um, High Moon Studios, like the Transformers games. I think that those were fantastic because they were new takes and they looked cool and they played pretty well and they took it seriously. And it's not just a cash grab. It's a, like a serious thing. And that's what these are. And the fact that we're getting like Suicide Squad, who's still in the same Arkham universe from Rocksteady and Gotham Knights with one of my favorite Batman villains in the Court of Owls, like sign me up. I'll be playing these forever. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Kyle, and I just remember booting up Arkham Asylum back in 2009 and thinking, like, this is a tide change where licensed games don't have to just retread the story of the movie that they're adapted from. Like, these can be something truly special, and when I think about Batman storylines, I think the Arkham games are some of my favorites, and just the, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. It's, it's definitely, like, the, the nostalgic... Like when, when Asylum came out, it was it was one of those like okay, it's a Batman game. We've had Batman games before. We had Batman stories before. But like Kyle was saying, it's it's polished. It's the lore is there. They brought in the the voice acting that the majority of people mm-hmm. in the demographic that'd be buying this game are gonna recognize without even knowing. It's like whoa, that Batman sounds really cool, and not knowing that connect that relation that oh my god that's the same voice actor from the show you watched 10 years ago that's why it's so awesome it's those small details getting the right people respecting like the the lore for like the extreme people that like really want to know all about it but also respecting like the character so everyone likes it it's it it's asylum was like a game when you played and you're like this is batman this is exactly who he is he's behaving the same way same mechanics we remember and everyone recognizes him just based off of the, the mechanics in the game. I think broad strokes, what I'd just love to do, and I think it's kind of one of the last things that I had, is just talk broad strokes about the story and where it ends. Uh, this is kind of the, the prequel to the Arkham Trilogy. We've talked about the beginning, Christmas Eve, Joker gives a $50 million bounty to get the Batman. You think it's Black Mask at first, but actually it's the Joker. Um some villains get involved, the Executioner, Deathstroke, uh, Firefly. But do we want to just share kind of where the story funnels to? Because it, it, what's cool is it ends in the exact same place that Arkham Asylum begins. But I think there's some interesting stuff that happens before that. Yeah, I think um, Yeah. one of my favorite parts about how the ending, what, what ends, ends up happening towards the end is... I just love the fact that like Batman is finally like trusting in his his powers or what he can do and I think the the one cool thing about the story that I we haven't touched on yet is the relationship between Alfred and Bruce and just how singular focus and driven Batman is for this one thing and ignoring himself and others and 
Like I mentioned mm. earlier, like Bane knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne and he goes to the Batcave and he destroys it and explodes it and Alfred is seriously hurt and for Batman to see that to happen and then realize like he needs Alfred. He can't do this alone and that's the only reason why he could go and take on Bane and uh, lock up Joker. Like I love how that wrapped up and it just... I I, it's still wild to me how they won't recognize this <laughs> in the Rocksteady universe. Like the fact that it's still so widely... You can't buy it from Xbox Digital Stores. You can't buy it on PSN. Like it's on PS now. It's it's so in it's so intrinsically tied to Rocksteady and the story that Bruce and Batman goes through in those that trilogy that this ending sets it up and and sets the bar for what Batman is in this universe. Like it's bonkers to me that they they don't actually make it more readily available. Yeah, going off of that, I think the it ends in such a fun place that, like you were saying at the top of the show, Jacob, it makes you want to jump back into Arkham Asylum and play through the whole series. It reminds me a lot of when I saw Rogue One, and then I wanted to watch the original Star Wars trilogy again, just the way it ends. Um, doubling back to the scene with Alfred Kyle, that was the first moment in the game that i really felt batman's emotions as a character because up until that i just kind of kept laughing to myself because batman was so mean to alfred did anyone else yeah pick up on that or um Mm -hmm. i think it was my girlfriend claire was watching me play a little bit and she was just like god batman's kind of a dick because every time alfred would call in the first half of the game and be like hey batman i have some useful information for this mission he would just be like not now alfred i'm saving the world go away like <laughs> he's a stubborn yeah. teenager yeah I just, leave me alone play video games <laughs> but the, but by the end i felt like they created an arc with it so it, it made sense but yeah i just found it really amusing towards the first half of the game and I think it was you, Kyle, that, that, you know, talking about kind of filtering through the end that said that you didn't love the last Bane fight. I also, I didn't love it, but, like, I think it was it was kind of yeah. interesting. And I think it was more that, like, he became this, more the story, which you, you did say was cool. But even having this very large steroided man, like, chase you down and almost trying to, like, pull you out of some of the greats. And, like, having to direct him into walls or, like, jumping on his back and directing him into, like, an electrical field. Not my favorite boss fight. Like, there are definitely worse boss fights in the in the Asylum, uh, in the Arkham games. But I, I appreciated that. And I thought even, like, the boss fights that weren't great were still pretty good. Yeah. And to, to wrap up that, like, the ending part, too. Because, like you said, it, they serve up Asylum, like, right away with, like, just the core... They emphasize the core principles that make Batman. The biggest one, Joker kind of brings that challenge out where in order to kill him, you have to kill Bane. And Batman's sole thing is he doesn't kill. He'll knock people out. He'll break their legs. He'll injure them. And they magically just never die. And that's his core thing. And he also sees a commissioner, not commissioner at the time, but a policeman Gordon, (laughs) Lieutenant Gordon. Um, he's he's like did, I think I, I can't remember the exact terminology, but it's like oh I would have ki- like a lot of people would have killed him. And it's like it's not my style. Like Gotham deserves better. The whole like cliche, and you get the goosebumps. You're like yeah, Batman. It's <laughs> exactly what's gonna happen. Hands <laughs> over the gun, and then even like when he's escorting like 
Joker to the facility back in my head. I'm like, this is exactly how Asylum started. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's crazy that it's not offered with the other games to just try out because yes, it was an outside developer, but they made it fit. They made the story fit, and I don't think it'll do anything besides like have the fans enjoy another piece of content with Batman. And uh, something that I bringing up the Gordon stuff, um, how in the other Arkham games, specifically like City and Night, there are gangs that you're fighting in the streets. And having Batman actually fighting the GCPD as a gang in itself in this game because they don't trust him. And to see that arc with Gordon go from Gordon thinking Batman is another one of these villains that's trying to destroy Gotham and having that trust painfully, uh, you know, become together. Um, even though, like, us as Batman fans are screaming at the screen, like, Gordon, what are you doing? He's, like, single-handedly saving the day and saving Christmas. <laughs> um, why just trust him? He's doing the right thing. But to have that happen in the way it does where Batman is did save Gordon's life and is proving him time and time again that he is not just another uh, another villain that's out for blood, pretty much. And um, I, again, that just ties beautifully into the, the trilogy. Yeah, I, th- I think there are some definitely some cool moments with the Joker stuff that happens right at the end. Like, uh, I think, it, is it a little bit lame that it does, like, the, the multi-punch, like, beat him up until he's, like, on the ground? Like, maybe a little lame? But I think that there's some cool moments of like in your mind as Batman or Bruce Wayne, like seeing that that woman who got poisoned by jo- Joker's like poison, like fall down and have like the Joker face getting to go through like the Joker origin story as told in like the comic where he like wears the red hoods like uh, apparel or outfit and then falls in a chemical vat going through a fight as the Joker like there are definitely some cool moments with with the Joker in this and even the end where you just punch him to death as you do in many other video game endings I think it was still pretty cool it's better than Asylum's ending oh my god yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that may be and I don't want to spoil it but, like, that may be one of the worst end boss battles in gaming. Or maybe not worst, but most disappointing. Yeah. It, yeah, after so many good boss fights in that one, too, like, after the Poison Ivy fight to, like, build up to that, it just, yeah, it felt weird. The Killer Croc stuff in that one is yeah, wild. Yeah, that was great, too. Ah, oh, man. Well, it sounds like we're fans. Uh, what I'd love to do before we end this podcast is ask a few questions that were sent in uh, by listeners of the show. Uh, I've got two more that I'd love to jump into. The first comes from Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, at DJ underscore Stormageddon on Twitter. Uh, they ask, why do you think this game got so much hate when it came out? I played it recently for the first time and absolutely loved it. What do you all think? Uh, Luke, why don't you jump in? Sure. Um, I, I think has a lot to do with expectations i think arkham city set up such a high bar for what the series was capable of it's full of all these crazy easter eggs it's so polished despite how large the world is and i think people went in hoping for another game on that level and like like i've been saying this whole podcast i think this is a great game but i think origins doesn't hit the same technical beats um, that the rest of the series does. Um, it just in terms of some of the polish, um, 
and potentially some of the slow starting elements of the story could have lost some folks but i think people that see the series as a whole i think you can really see the importance of this entry that maybe wasn't clear at the time I also think like when it came out, it had that shoehorn multiplayer component Mm -hmm. where I think for me being a, a primarily single player person, like I will only play single player games and not really dive too much in multiplayer. That was a bummer that a lot of the time that would have been put into like the story and probably the open world of Gotham and stuff went into like the multiplayer side of things. And I was a little bit bummed at that, but I didn't even touch it and so love the story, but from the outside looking in, just having another shoehorn multiplayer component in this is yeah. a bit of a bummer. I'm wondering if some of that time could have been spent towards some of those technical issues, at least that I had. I didn't get a chance to ask, but did you guys run into any um, like crashes or I had a couple bugs where I lost audio or I had to reload a side quest because the enemy that I was supposed to interrogate, it wouldn't let me interrogate him, things like that. Yeah, I had one or two issues. Uh, One of them was around cloud saves. I found that when the 360 cloud saves on Xbox Series X came in, like it would cause like slowdown for 10 seconds afterward, like it would load back into the game and then I'd get Mm -hmm. slowdown. And at one point I had a hard crash where, um, you know, I was flying and I dove and as I dove, the game crashed. So I agree with you. I think um, polish-wise, this game could have probably used a little bit more polish than, you know, compared to some of the other games. But my other struggle, too, was the side content. I found the side content in the main trilogy was much richer than this one. And I, like, I played played Knight to almost 100%, and I don't do that. Like, I got all Mm -hmm. but, like, 10 Riddler trophies because I I just couldn't figure it out because I'm a dumb, dumb idiot boy. But this game, like, I, I just wasn't drawn to the side content like I would be in, in other Arkham games. I, I tried some of it, and I was just like, I think I'm good. So for me, that's it. It's just like the rich, we're missing, like, the rich side content. Technically, maybe not up to, up to the rest of the game speed. And, yeah, that's really it. And maybe, maybe Arkham fatigue, but now I want to go back and play Asylum. So what do I know? Yeah. Uh, I have one more question here, and it comes in from Era Eric. Uh, Eric Riegert on Twitter says, uh, what other characters would you like to see use that engine? So I think he's saying, like, if you could use the Arkham engine and apply it somewhere else, where would you want to apply it? It doesn't have to be a WB-owned property. Uh, Captain America game. Hmm. I mean, that combat with, like, you having that shield be, like, a gadget. And having that like a, a on a quick fire command and have the different quick fire commands be tied to different abilities of the shield, I think would be really really cool. That's a really good answer. I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything that would like like that combat system kind of works for like Spider Man, mm-hmm. but like that's why they kind of have it. But Spider Man's a little bit smaller. He does have the super spidey strength, but I'm trying. It, it's almost like what other character in like video games matches like batman style of like brute force i don't know if it would transfer well like there's the lord of the rings games where you're dealing with like a bunch of people um but at the same time there's swords there there's like um like daggers and things so it wouldn't transfer as well I, i don't know i don't know just to piggyback off that one 
they need to WB just needs to take the Nemesis engine from Mordor and put it in our Arkham game. I, I, Coming twenty twenty one. I hope Gotham Knights is like that because like if I am putting away these villains and then they break out of Arkham and they're like, all right, you're not going to get me this time, Batman, and have that kind of like little story beat, I think would be mm-hmm. perfectly <laughs> suited to a Batman game. Yeah, really mob cool. bosses mm-hmm. like they can be the cap. It, it works perfectly, yeah. and I think they just were able to license it now or something. So yes, it could be a Batman. Them. Yeah, they patented the mm-hmm. the Nemesis yeah. technology, which like kind of sucks for us as gamers that we don't get more games with that Nemesis system. But truthfully, like in the what like six or seven years since that first Mordor game came out, like there hasn't really been anyone that's taken the Nemesis system and done it themselves. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big no. lift. It's a big technical lift for you to create something from scratch and like them knowing how valuable it is. That's probably why that patent came out because like no one's gonna spend the three four years in development time because I don't think people have that kind of budget anymore. Yeah, and I I don't think that there's any any other one. So there's at least one answer for you. Oh, Luke, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna jump on the question real quick before we move on i would love to see them make a superman game i know superman is involved in suicide squad but as a huge superman fan i feel like there are so many cool superman stories whether it's kingdom come whether it's super sons different things that can be done with that character and just the way they handled batman i would love to see them tackle that would be wicked luke i can't even oh wow Superman would be great. Like, just all of his abilities, too. I can see the laser eyes, like, coming in, like, during a sequence of fights. He's super strong. He ju- oh, it'd be, it'd be pretty gnarly. I, I just don't understand why a, a good Superman game hasn't been made, because I feel like all of his powers lend so well to the equivalent of, like, changing gadgets, like, changing up your play style in the game. Like, yeah, I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could go on for hours. We could do a whole podcast. About and maybe you will game. because Superman 64, that game trash. But let's not <laughs> let's let's not reach it, it the is, past. It is. Uh, or let's that. Let's not play it. Uh, before we close, y'all, I just want to see if you had any final thoughts about Batman Arkham Origin before we wrap this episode up. I, I feel like if you have not played this one and you're a fan of the Arkham games, you owe it to yourself to play this. I Story alone, it feels like the Arkham games for the most part. It is well worth a dive into it. And while it's not as easily accessible, uh, it is kind of easy, easier to find on PC, on Steam. PlayStation Now has it. You have the 360 being able to pop into the Series X, the disc at least. So, like... It's there to play. It's not like you're going to have to import it from another country. Like, it is available. It's out there. Give it a shot. Yeah, I would just tack on to if you're at all intrigued by Gotham Knights, if you're a fan of the Court of Owls storyline, just to see, like, the earlier iteration of this developer's use of the Batman license, I think it's really cool. And it has me infinitely more excited for Gotham Knights than I was just to you know, fantasize about what they're capable of on a next-gen console. Mo, any, any final thoughts? 
Um, I'm, it's going to be similar to uh, what Kyle said. Like, if if you've played the Arkham series and haven't had a chance to play Origins or maybe just didn't go come across to it, I think you'll enjoy it because you're going to pick it up. It's going to be very familiar. Storyline's neat and it kind of adds a little bit of the lore and like f- fills in the blanks for you. But if you haven't played a Batman game, play Asylum, um, and I'll, I'll save you the time. And then if you enjoy Asylum, like I said, that's when Origins can be your second or third game. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, Mo. That like I would play I would play all three of the original trilogy first. But if you are yeah. like still wanting more, this is a game that you could dive into. It, it's definitely in my mind the weakest of them. But like we're still talking about like eights and nines across the board without question for all these games. So like maybe not the best, but still a very very enjoyable experience. So with that. I think those are our thoughts on Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, Luke, Kyle, I want to thank you both a ton for coming on this episode. Um, love working with both of you. So uh, let's start this time with Luke. Luke, uh, if folks want to find you and your work on the internet, where can they do so? Yeah, absolutely. Um, once again, thank you so much for having me on. It was a ton of fun to chat with you guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lukewarm Lewis. You can find the Lukewarm Games podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. Um, if you want to read any of my writing, I do some video game editorial coverage on lukewarmgames.com. And then you can also find additional content on patreon.com slash lukewarmgames. Very good. And, and your podcast releases weekly every Monday, and it is a kind of video game and, and pop culture uh, podcast that you host with your girlfriend, Claire. So definitely hard recommend. Thank you so much for coming on today. Appreciate it. Kyle, you've got all the shows. Oh, you've got all the things. Many. Tell me about them. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, first you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Kstep. Um, that's also my PSN name. Feel free to friend me there. I love comparing trophies with other people. Um, if you are a PlayStation fan, hit up uh, at PS Trophy Room on Twitter or on YouTube at PlayStation uh, or the Trophy Room, a PlayStation show. Uh, we release every, a weekly episode every Thursday about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation, um, which is fantastic. And uh, if you like indie games, hit up 61indie.com to see a bunch of written reviews and features from some amazing writers uh, that are on the team. Uh, we stream weekly, even though we're taking a step back for the, the month of March. Um, but that is on twitch.tv slash 61indie and youtube.com slash 61indie. And uh, yeah, I love video games. Video games are rad. Uh, you love video games and you're great at talking about them. So again, thank thank you you for coming on this show. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, you can find all things left behind game club at leftbehindgame.club on Instagram at left behind game club and on Twitter at left behind club. If you enjoyed this podcast, of course, follow these folks, uh, but make sure that you send this podcast to a friend and consider a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, Mo, if folks want to find you and your work, where can they do that? So you can find me on the, the internet on almost all social media platforms at Emiratati, but I'm also hanging out in the Discord server to chat with everyone. So if you wanted to join that up, go to our website, leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. They'll send you directly to our server, and we'd love to chat. We talk about some great game deals, the news of the day, and just hang out with some really cool people like Luke and Kyle today. Um, Jacob, where can the fine folks find you? 
can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. I host a second podcast called Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast. We just wrapped up season two. Uh, we talk about video game movies and how most of them are bad, but we try and do it in a way that is funny for people to listen to. Uh, you can find that at cutscenes.ca and on all major podcasting platforms. Our friend Michael is not here, Mo, but can you please, 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 wrap up the show in a way that he'd be proud of. Shout out Michael Ruffalo. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind.